Welcome to Hydrate Level 4. I'm your host, Peter. I'm your co-host, Phoenix. And today we're reviewing the 1993 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Part 3, a action-adventure comedy. It's rated PG, directed by Stuart Gillard, and it stars Paige Turco, Stuart Wilson, Sab Shimono, Vivian Wu, and the return of Elias Coteus. The four turtles travel back in time to the days of the legendary and deadly samurai in an ancient Japan where they train to protect the art of becoming one. The turtles also assist a small village in an uprising. All right, let's get it. Okay, well, Phoenix, welcome back. It's been about three weeks since we've recorded our uh, last podcast. Um, We've had a pretty busy summer, I'd say. We're still finishing up our uh, week of vacation here, but um, some of the things that happened recently, you registered for high school. Yes, I did. Finally a freshman. Yeah, so in less than a week time here, we, uh, or you, will be starting a freshman year of high school. Mm-hmm. So good luck with that. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, definitely. Meeting new people. Yeah, so you will be going to the high school I went to, so continuing the legacy. All right, Ninja Turtles 3. Uh, This, um, you may not know, was uh, parts of it was filmed in Astoria, Oregon, which is basically our backyard, um, about two and a half hours away. Uh, But I I, I don't know. It was mainly filmed in Oregon um, because when um, the movie opens up in the present time, they are still in uh, their... uh, what down in the sewers where we last saw them in part two, right? So that could uh, it could have been recreated on a soundstage. I don't know why I do know that it was filmed in Oregon because my uncle, Uncle Tony, he was an extra for the movie. Oh, it was this movie. Yeah, so when I was younger, this movie came out when I was 10, and I remember he would um, come back and he would have all these pictures of uh, of them, you know, kind of rehearsing, and he's wearing the villagers' Um, clothing and stuff like that, and he'd bring me back. Uh, he he brought me one toy, and it was a Raphael um, uh, action figure wearing the samurai uniform. Do you uh, do you have you? Were you looking for him when we watched the movie? I I always looked for him, and you know I've told stories before. Uh, I think on here how I was very gullible as a kid. Um, but he had a friend and his friend, you know, I'd be watching the movie and his friend goes, Oh, that's him right there. You know, and he'd be pointing at like a foot on the ground, you know, and, uh, every scene that would pop up like, Oh, Hey, there's your uncle. And I'm, you know, I would just totally believe him and I just wouldn't see it. I'm just be like, Oh, okay. You know, because I, I already had the proof, you know, I mean, anybody can buy a toy anywhere, but I mean, why would you go through such trouble just to fabricate pictures? So and, you know, I mean, you can look it up online. It was filmed in Astoria, Oregon. So um, so there's a little truth to that. But, um, yeah, he didn't get pictures with the turtles or anything. Um, it was just mostly him and his friends and other extras as villagers, really. Okay. Uh, well, so this is the third installment. Um, there's a couple new characters uh, that were introduced, uh, mainly uh, Prince Kenshin 
um, and Mitsu. Those are our two new uh, main characters here. There's also uh, a new villain in Lord Nor Norinaga and also Walker, which is like what? He's a weapons trader or something or a weapons dealer. Yeah, something like that back in medieval times. Uh, I wouldn't say medieval, but um, feudal Japan. Feudal. Yeah. Uh, but, okay, so let's talk about Splinter and the Turtles. This is the first time that Jim Henson's Creature Shop uh, was not a part of the uh, Ninja Turtles franchise, and it really shows. I don't know uh, what your thoughts of how the Turtles and Splinter uh, looked in this movie. Bad. Okay. Uh, well, Splinter, most of the time, was was behind something. You know, he was, he was uh, like, inside one of the trains, um in, in in a scene, but we never really get to see more than just what his, like the the top half of his body. Like a puppet. Yeah, like a puppet, which, you know, in, in the other movies, they at least, you know, show showed his feet or sometimes, um, you know, more than just, you know, the top of his body. But they, the way he moves, it always reminds me of like Chuck E. Cheese and it just, it looks really robotic and it just, it does not look good at all. Um, but also the the turtles, you can clearly see where uh, the head is, you know, like like a separate piece from the neck and and things like that. Um, but yeah, just overall, they looked really really bad. Which worse, the CGI one or this one? These costumes. What do you mean for the turtles and Splinter? Mm -hmm. Which movie do they look bad in? You talking about the 2014? 2014. Well, I, I think the way Splinter looks in the in the new version, um, I do not like the way he looks. Yeah, he he looks a lot more like a rat. Um, my favorite version of Splinter was probably from the next movie we're going to review in the second half of this is the uh, TMNT movie. So I think that's my my favorite look of Splinter, and you know, yeah, it's CGI. But the turtles, I mean, I like the 2014 version of the turtles. It's a different look. Um, but probably, I'm going to say the, the first movie is where I liked the way they looked the best. Um, but in this, in, also in this version, or in this installment of the movie, we get the return of Corey Feldman, who voices Donatello. Um, and you can hear it all over the movie. So I knew that he didn't voice the one in part two. So in this one, I was kind of listening for it more. And what it sounds like is is they said, hey, Corey, we got you back. We want your voice all over this thing to kind of re, you know, remind people that you were in this movie too. And anytime you saw Donatello, he, I don't know if they were ad-libs, but it, it just really sounded like, you know, they were, uh, Corey Feldman was told to you know, just add to whatever, you know, is something said. For example, there's a scene where they were fighting over, um, oh, they were fighting the villagers before they actually go to the village, you know, over by, like, the, the, there's, like, a little lake there, and, um, and they were fighting, and then they heard that Michelangelo had been found. And then uh, Leonardo and Donatello were both, like, cheering, right? Oh, yeah, you know, they, they threw their helmets off, and, um, but anyway, like, Corey Feldman just kept on going, yeah, all right, you know, and just saying all these things that just wasn't needed, and I just felt like he had, he always had something to add to, like, every spoken dialogue, and it was just really, really annoying. But we do get the return of April, and, um, and it's played by the same actress, Paige Turco. This time she's got short hair, 
And we also have uh, Casey Jones playing two different characters, and we'll we'll you know kind of get into it a little bit later. Uh, so yeah, basically this story, the turtles travel back in time. Um, April went to a flea market, I guess, and found a scepter. Um, wh- you're shaking your head. What's going through your mind right now? Something like that. Finding a scepter in a flea market that also holds ancient powers to feudal Japan. No. Yeah, it, this this movie makes no sense whatsoever. Um, this is nothing big, but the, the, the scepter was in Japan. And for it to end up in New York City at a flea market, I kind of wonder what happened in between all of that. You know, it, it was... Obviously, a very uh, important piece uh, to Lord Norna- Lord Norinaga, right? Is that his name? Lord Norinaga. Yeah. Norinaga. Anyway, so it was a it was a big, significant, no, sen- sentimental. Sentimental. Uh, well, it, it 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 belonged to the family, right? And it was something that they took into battle every time for good luck. Yeah. So how does that get? You know, you you would think they they would keep that, you know, as a part of history through instead the family of, or something. Yeah, instead of going to a New York flea market. Yeah. So, and just Especially if it was gold, if it was actually gold, who would want to just leave that laying around? Uh, I I wouldn't. I don't know they if that was. They say it's actual gold in the movie. Duh. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean. I don't know. The, the the writing is not very good at all. Um, do you want to talk about some of the stuff that uh, April picked up at the uh, at the flea market? I honestly don't remember everything, but I do remember the lampshade. Yeah, she got Michelangelo a lampshade, lampshade, which is like the most random thing you can give anybody, you know, from flea market. Here, Phoenix, I got you a lampshade, and <laughs> and even Michelangelo, he was like looking at it. He's like, well, what the hell do I do with this? And and then he puts it on his head and does a Elvis impersonation. Um, but she got Donatello, uh, an old school radio, which was kind of cool. She got Leonardo uh, a swords book. Swords book. Yeah, you know. yeah. It looks in good condition, actually. But that's still pretty cool. You know, he he has katanas, uh-huh. has swords. I mean, as a weapon. And then she got Raphael a hat. A hat. But yeah, he was basically the same hat he wore, like in part one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, I mean, aside from the lampshade uh, and the scepter, the, the other things were pretty normal stuff that you would, you know, you can find at the. Uh, um, at a flea market, yeah. You, now this the scepter. So basically, it has the ability to uh, transport people in time, in in a sense. Um, it's it's called equal mass displacement, and basically, the the people who are holding it. Um, I don't know if you're supposed to read the inscription. Um, is that mentioned to activate it? I believe it is mentioned, but I think it has to work. One person says it at least, I think, but two people have to be holding it at the exact same time, at different moments in history, and they have to be the exact same weight. Yeah, that makes no sense as to because basically you're you're telling me two different timelines that are paralleling each other. At the exact same moment, they're supposed to hold the scepter in order to to transfer or to travel in time. Yep, that makes no sense 
in any way, shape, or form. Uh, at 10 years old, I believed it. Okay. Um, there is a line dropped later on when they do arrive in uh, feudal Japan. Uh, Donatello says, you know, talk about your quantum leap. And I'm a big quantum leap fan. This came out in 93, and by then, Quantum Leap was actually finishing up on its last season uh, run. And so uh, I, I thought that was really on the nose. They they obviously referenced things that were um, kind of uh, relevant at the time. But as a kid, I think them even mentioning Quantum Leap alone was just like, oh, you know, made it that much more cooler uh, to me. So I kind of got that from watching this movie. They make a lot of references to pop culture, which, you know, it's nothing new. Uh, they've done it before, but they do it so much and it's so heavy in this movie. I think it was a way to kind of mask how terrible this movie was, too. Um, later on, I think, was it Michelangelo that saves Yoshi from the burning? Or is that Donatello? I think it was Michelangelo. It was Michelangelo. Yeah, so he he runs into a burning uh, house, and Yoshi's stuck in there. And and you know, he, before he goes in, he makes a reference to Backdraft, which is a, a movie I think from '91. Um, but that's a movie about uh, you know th- these firefighters, you know, and and a lot of the scenes they you know are fighting fire and, and things like that. So so just referencing that as he's about to run into a burning house is just so on the nose. Um, it, it just, it really, I don't know. It, it, I don't know if it made me mad, ticked me off, and it, just things like that because they do that in the 80s cartoon too where the humor is very comic booky, and, you know, the writing has changed over the years where things have been more, um, a little bit more real world. And so I think that's why, and I, you know, I really don't want to get into TMNT too much yet. Um, but I, I think that's what they did, uh, better than these previous three movies is, you know, they toned down those type of jokes, uh, where they're constantly referencing things as well. You know, if you're in the middle of a fight, I, it's really, I don't care if you're a Ninja Turtle. It's just weird to be dropping jokes and references in the middle of fights. Spider-Man does it. Yeah, but that's, uh, I don't know. I mean, that that's a very good point. But it, it's, it, he's more throwing jabs, right? I mean, th- these are kind of quips and stuff that he's really throwing. Well, I don't know. But maybe with Spider-Man, it's not over the top like the Turtles are. Uh Anyway, let's talk about the the first time we do see um, time travel swap. So um, we we we're in uh, 1603 Japan, and uh, Kenshin, uh, who is played by Henry Hayashi. Okay, we'll go with that. And okay, so th- that's who that's who Kenshin is. He goes into the temple where. The scepter is, and he picks it up and reads the inscriptions on there. Um, well, actually, it wasn't even displayed. It was inside a statue. He broke the statue, and out came the scepter, which doesn't make any sense, because if they carry that with battle with them for good yeah, luck... Yeah, into battle. In right. See, so... Yeah, it. this makes no sense as to... Uh, okay, so Kenshin and his dad gotten into a bit of a spat, and then he goes to the temple. We're going to assume he was going to go there to pray. 
Um, but he chases out a monk that's in there, and does he break the statue immediately, or does he kind of... He rages around the room, throwing things around and breaking things, and yeah. the statue comes last. But if it's a, f- a thing that's been in their family for generations, mm-hmm. then why was he not told about it? Why does he seem so fascinated about it? Yeah, I mean, uh, he should already know about it. It was something they carry in a battle, too. Right. But, but um that's not something that he he's actually kind of against uh you know the the family fighting you know as it is that's why he actually uh he has a relationship with uh with Mitsu and she leads the rebellion against Lord Norinaga and they have uh, a relationship and so so you can kind of see where his uh loyalty lays is is that the word I'm looking for probably yeah um yeah, so in the, in the in the room with the temple, we also see like scrolls of, you know, of quote unquote demons, right? What was the word that they call them? Demons. No, no, no. Um, there's like a Japanese word. Something with a D. Daimo. Uh, Daimo. That sounds right. But anyway, they, they so these demons look like the Ninja Turtles, which is really weird. Well, it was just a coincidence that he was raging around and. All of a sudden, he goes into this room where the scroll of the turtles happened to be laying out. Yeah, and and then the scepters inside the statue. Whatever. There's so much going on in this particular scene. It's you know, as a kid, you're obviously overlooking it, but as an as grown ups, you know, one can comprehend such things. It's kind of like, well, that doesn't make sense. Well, this doesn't make sense. Um, but Kenshin picks up the scepter and he starts reading it. So it makes sense. You know, he doesn't really know about it and and then it starts to activate it well at in, the same exact time in, in the 1993 future, the april. turtle oh april happens to be holding it and they're coincidentally the exact same weight yeah oh yeah right so that goes with the um the whole equal mass displacement so they have to weigh the exact same which i don't know why that's even a rule um because that's dumb uh first off and uh, so it starts to activate, and she's holding it. And she's like, "Uh, guys, well, the first thing I would do if I was concerned at all that it might do something weird, drop it, drop it you know, go away." But she happens to be standing there, and then it, yeah, it makes them um, switch switch spots in time, which again, this it, it makes no sense because they're in a different year. So, so essentially, uh, Kenshin going to. Um, touch the 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 scepter it has already happened in the past there's no way to tell what's going to happen in the future for him so i i don't know i'm I'm getting cross-eyed thinking about this whole thing but it really is like quantum leap because uh, in quantum leap sam beckett he switches spots with another person and they take his spot yeah, except for you know it's it's Without only the... his uh it well they're you can only see their aura uh, so the only thing that's the same is that um, Sam leaps into somebody else, but other people see him as the person he leaped into. So, I mean, yeah. I, I get what you mean, um, but it, the uh, weight almost has nothing to do with it. Uh, he's leaped into teenage kids, monkeys, you know, so... Has he? A monkey? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's I leaped into... That. Yeah, it's a, I don't think you've got to that season yet. Um, okay, so, yeah, so they swap places... Um, and then we get the the uh, ni- ni- Ninja Turtle trope that when somebody sees Splinter, they faint. Every single time, right? Kino fainted. April fainted in the first one. They also made a joke about it. 
Yeah. Uh, okay, so April shows up in Japan, you know, wearing Kenshin's clothes, and she has her Walkman with her. I don't understand how her Walkman traveled in time, too. What did that replace? The sword? Did he have a sword? Gosh, I don't know. I, I can't imagine. The Maybe. sword's got to be a lot heavier than Maybe it stinking helped, Walkman. Maybe uh, it helped April get to the same weight as... Kenshin. That's not. That's cheating, though. <laughs> oh, it's better than making her feel fat. No, it's just more. Um, it's just asking more questions is what it is. Uh, but okay, so then the and then the turtles swap places with the, the honor guards. I don't know how they um, theorized that this was going to happen. Um, Kenshin, I guess, told the turtles that the scepter was going to be in the temple with monks. And so when they swap places and when they travel back, they're in the middle of a battle because uh, his honor guards from his uh, Kenshin's father's army um, that that show up. So the scepter, okay, so the scepter was in battle with them then. The honor yeah. guard was holding the scepter while in battle. And Kenshin thought that it was going to be in the temple with the monks. Mm -hmm. I don't know why he would think that because he didn't even know about the scepter before. Um, just assumed that it was going to be there. Well, that's where he was when he teleported. Yeah, but I don't know how he knew for... You know, it, we're not even reviewing this. We're actually just asking each other questions about the movie, trying to make sense of it. Um, okay, so... Okay. Yeah, okay. If it was in a statue buried, uh -huh. why would it be out there in battle? Yeah. Well, may maybe Lord Norinaga's like, oh, yeah, I forgot all about that. <laughs> um, that's something that we need to carry into battle for good luck. This uh, is bad. Yeah. Okay, well, let me see. Here's one thing that made me, not mad, but really made me scratch my head. So the turtles are in the middle of a war. Michelangelo is backwards on a horse. So what does that mean? Was the honor guard backwards? Well, that that's what I, I believe the honor guard is backwards. But does is that supposed to tell us that? The guy he leaped into it was also kind of an incompoop, you know, to be <laughs> um, in the middle of uh, of a battle. He'd find himself backwards on a horse. Um, okay, but hey, it's funny for the kids, right? So, so I guess we'll take it. But uh, so yeah, the horse takes off, and then he um, gets hit uh, in the head by Mitsu uh, in in the forest, right? Because the horse kind of mm -hmm. took off. And so, so Michelangelo, you know, gets separated from the group. Um, and well, he got separated from the group before Mitsu. Because of the horse, yeah. But, yeah. but, but, um, so Mitsu is the one who ends up uh, taking him back to the village. Um, let's see. So let's talk about look, uh, no, 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 Walker uh, a little bit. What did you think about this guy? I thought he was supposed to be, because um, you know, there's no shredder in this one. Right, and then we have Lord Norinaga, who, I, as a kid, I thought it was the same actor playing Tatsu. So I thought Lord Norinaga was like, you know, was a descendant of Tatsu. Uh, Who's Tatsu again? That that was Shredder's right hand man who grunts oh, all the time. Okay. <laughs> I, you thought know, I thought Lord Norinaga was Shredder. Okay, at yes. First. Well, so so basically, you thought somebody was some kind of descendant of Shredder. Yes. We don't get that at all. Uh -huh. And then we get Walker who has also no ties to anybody in the present time. Um, you would think in some kind of time travel movie, that's, that's what they do is kind of um, 
trying to show like lineage uh, in in a family kind of thing, right? They even have um, uh, Casey Jones returning, right? But but the actor also plays uh, what's his name? Uh, Wit, right? So he plays a guy named Wit in here, and. They're not related, as far as we know, because nothing is ever mentioned except for that uh, April mistakes him for Casey Jones. Casey may be a descendant of Wit. They just look really similar, or they are. They're the exact. Yeah, they're, they're the exact same person or actor, anyway. But yeah, they, they could be related. But there's there's nothing. You know what would have been really cool is okay. So Casey Jones is brought back, but is to babysit the honor guards. Mm-hmm. I understand that some people may be like, well, you should have taken Casey Jones, you know, to, to, to be more muscle, right, to, to go back in time. I, I get that. But you, you need somebody – is what is Splinter going to um, – right? He's got five people from out of town, out of time, you know, that you don't know what's going to happen. And Splinter and uh, April O'Neil alone wouldn't be able to handle all five guys, right? Well, Splinter, apparently he's a master sensei. Yeah, I know, but 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 basically, Casey Jones stayed back to be, you know, if if things get out of hand, Casey Jones will be there to kind of help out, right? Because well, what's Splinter gonna do? He's not gonna like. We haven't seen any kind of fight in him, right? So, I think he'd just be too frail to take on five guys. The second movie. What does he do? He shot an arrow and then left. Oh, exactly. <laughs> That's shot an arrow and and walked off, mind you. You know. He, didn't flip out of the scene or anything like that. Good didn't. aim. Yeah, so you know, he, he Splinter is a waste in all the movies thus far. Um, but what I would have liked is for them to take Casey, you know, write it in there, hire better writers, make this make sense. But have have the turtles take him with them in, in time, um, and and then he meets Wit. I don't know, and it's like, hey, I'm your great 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 grandfather you want closure you know and and uh maybe he teaches wit to be you know kind of a badass so so that way it's it's something that kind of stays within the family like we're we're, the joneses we're we're known to be you know tough yeah tough (laughs) that'll work (laughs) um yeah i don't know there was a lot of missed opportunities and uh this movie could have been so much better uh, but yeah, Walker, was he really needed? I mean, he, he he's a weapons dealer and he's been trying to get Lord Naranaga to buy these cannons from him for a really long time. And he doesn't do so until the turtles kind of become an obstacle. But why even have Walker? I mean, Lord Naranaga speaks English just fine, which is kind of weird. They all speak English very well. Um, but... You know, Lord Naranaga could have already had weapons. He he could have already had cannons. You could have just written that into the story. You don't need Walker because yeah, he has no he has no ties to anybody in present time. So it's it's just kind of just another person, really. You could have made Lord Naranaga a villain. God, I really hate saying his name. Um, you could have made him call the, him Lord. Yeah, I don't want to call him Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just realized what I said. Exactly, that's why. Because <laughs> uh, I said it in my head earlier, like, no. Uh, but, you know, you could have made him the villain. Kenshin and him already have this this falling out, basically. You could have made him the villain, and then you could have used, uh, you know, other guards and whatever kind of be your baddies. Because 
uh, Walker has a kind of a right hand man in in Niles. You know, this this heavier guy who kind of kind of does his dirty work, but he's also kind of a silly goof. But, I think what they were trying to do was have Walker be like the Tatsu, or Walker be Tatsu, and then Lord Noranaga be Shredder, ish. Right. That type of relationship. And if you're gonna do that, why don't you make them kind of related or or something? You know, make make some ties rather than just you know different people. Because you know, one thing that is unusually said. It, I don't know if it's a thing, but history repeats itself. Why don't you show us something that happened in the past that parallels, you know, the present time? Instead of just kind of creating all these new characters that are supposed to be like somebody else, but have no, I don't know, relations to anybody else? They made a relationship with Raphael and the little kid. Yeah, I don't you... know why I brought that up, but it's just... The, the whole Yoshi thing. Yeah. Let's talk about Yoshi. Um, Irrelevant. Yeah, he he's not needed. Um, there's there's a lot of cringing, cringy type scenes for me, and one of them does involve Yoshi, where Raph is talking to him, and uh, he's, uh, you know, asking his name. And he said Yoshi. He's like, hey, Yoshi, and the kid's like, mm, like kind of whimpers. I thought that was really bad. Um, I, I I don't know why that was a thing. And Mitsu, the, okay, this is, so after Michelangelo saves Yoshi from the burning building, uh, he is unconscious. Probably, Yoshi. Yeah, Yoshi is unconscious, probably from the... Um, um, smoke. Smoke inhalation. Is that smoke the inhalation. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so he's unconscious, and I think it's Leo that's trying to give him CPR. Yeah. And the whole time, um, Mitsu keeps going, Yoshi? It's just her inflection and, and the constant repeating of his name was just really cringeworthy. It made me want to slap her <laughs> and just say, shut up. Um, so I didn't... What, what do you think of Mitsu, character or actress? They're just irrelevant. I mean, she's she's the leader of this re- rebellion. You got to have somebody. Um, she can definitely hold her own in the fight. You know, she's uh, essentially I don't know, maybe what April should be in present time. You know, and and maybe that could have been a thing too. I know, I know the turtles were separated from April, but maybe um, April learns from Mitsu on how to be. You know, a badass. Learn, learn how to kick butts and things like that. You know, make her a better character herself. You know, that kind of could have been cool. Um, so, you, so it's like Casey teaches Wit, but Mitsu teaches April. Yeah, you know, something like that. It, they, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know what was going through these writers' heads, but I, again, it was just, I don't know. This, this could have been a lot better. Let's end it right there. No. Uh, Okay, well, let's talk about uh, them in the village. Okay, uh, there was a fight at the lake. They had the fire in the village. Um, There was one part where the bad guys were kind of invading the village, right? And Michelangelo walks uh, past Walker. He calls him Clint Eastwood. And I'm like, oh, that's so funny because uh, Marty McFly goes back back to the past and he goes by the name Eastwood. So I don't know. That was, you know, kind of a reference to that. Because I didn't think Walker looked anything like Eastwood at all, except for that he was on a horse. And Clint Eastwood has played cowboys in a lot of movies. 
basically, he was more like a pirate than a cowboy. Mm, yeah, especially since he had a crew. Yeah. Um, so most of the time that is spent at the village, they are the, their plan is to basically build another scepter because they lost the other one. Um, was it Michelangelo that lost it? I think it was. So Michelangelo was in the village, but he was still was he still knocked out? No, no, he was up up around and stuff. But basically, when Mitsu brought Michelangelo back, the scepter went missing. We don't know who took it. So this whole time while they're in the village, Donatello is, um, he has a blueprint that he drew up of the scepter. Um, I don't know how long he actually held the scepter or even got to uh, observe all nooks and crannies and, you know, every crevice of the actual scepter. But he has it drawn on a blueprint, um, just drawn. There, I don't think there were any kind of writings or anything like that. Um yeah, it's just not even a real blueprint, and they're just saying, "Oh yeah, this this is exactly you know exactly the same shape," and they're trying to use whatever resource they can and to replicate this scepter. But they can't really do that since the other scepter had powers. Yep, which you know that's not explained, but whatever. Um, we we do find out that Yoshi was uh, instructed, I guess, by the elder, you know, his grand grandfather, to to hide it because they were hoping that the turtles can stay and help them in the rebellion. They didn't even know if the turtles were good or not when Yoshi took the scepter. Yeah, no, you're you're right. Um, because it, I don't remember if his mask was off, but they leaped into honor guards. If you were the grandpa, it was like, okay, well, we're assisting the honor guards here. The, the, the two things should stick out if you're one of the you know people from the rebellion. One, you got uh, an honor guard there. Why are you even saving him? Okay, well, maybe you want to hold him hostage. The second thing is, if the mask was off, he's clearly a turtle, and he looks like one of those demons. Uh, I do know, and I wonder if this line was written just to kind of like, so we don't question it, but these demons, they can be good demons or bad demons. I've never heard of a good demon before. There aren't any good demons that come to my head right away, but I know there have been at least two. Um... Let me see. One thing I do like is that they do fight in here. Um, you know, like I said, they, there's that fight over by the lake. They they do display some martial arts there. Um, that's a pretty good scene. Oh, so here's one scene that really made me mad. Uh, in that same fight scene, uh, I think it was Mitsu that shoots an arrow uh, at April. And, and then, uh, yeah, because she hits the sleeve and now April is like stuck on a tree. I don't remember. Yeah, so Mitsu shoots an arrow, okay? April's by the tree, and then it, it hits her sleeve because, you know, those sleeves are really long. And she's stuck on this tree because she herself can't pull out this arrow. But later on, Wit comes to save her, and he just yanks it out of the tree. So she was just standing there stuck this whole time. Um, well, if you don't remember, it's no big deal, but it was just it was just really dumb to me. Um, oh, yeah, that scene. Yeah. So, and here's another, uh, I wrote this in my notes, just another line um, referencing pop culture, but uh, I think it was Donatello. He says, um, help, I'm a turtle and I can't get up, which is a line, you know, straight from Family Matters. And a commercial. What commercial? The commercial for the Life Alert. Oh. They don't exactly say, help, I'm an old person and I can't get up. They say, help, I'm alone or something and I can't get up. Oh, okay. All that is from Family Matters. Um uh, Steve Urkel 
you know, that was his thing. You know, he, he, he'd fall. It was like every other episode. He'd, you know, cause some kind of damage or whatever. And, um, well, no, the damage is something else. But anyway, he'd be on the ground and then he'd say, he would say, um, help, I've fallen and I can't get up. You know, that's one of his catchphrases. Um, and, okay, so back back to the scepter real quick while they were uh, building it. There was this really dumb, dumb scene where... Uh, Raphael and Michelangelo, they were fighting over the scepter. You know, basically one wanted to hold it and, I don't know, the other one wanted to see it or something. So they're kind of fighting back and forth. And it falls down a water well. The made-up scepter? Yeah, I think it was the um, the new one that they had just made. Yes. So they're sitting on a water well inside a building and it just drops. So, so all that was for nothing. It, it wasn't even... Okay, how long do they have until they're stuck in time? Uh, they days. have like a two and a half day window or something. Or at this point, so they, they had a two and a half day window. I don't know if that's just, you know, I don't know where they even get that. They made a sophisticated scepter in less than a day. Yeah, and then they lose it over something really dumb. Um, sure. Uh, let me see. There's another thing that made me kind of raise an eyebrow but the turtles can apparently climb walls what do you mean by that they were literally climbing on walls like they had like the hands and feet are sticky or something they weren't using rope or anything they just climbed up the wall little bricks sticking out you know how some walls they're not exactly straight but they have some stuff sticking out yeah but they're turtles and they have like four fingers (laughs) but they are really strong ninjas if they were frogs it would be a different story they're they're ninjas sure okay all right, you, you just stick with that. Um, let's see. Okay, so they uh, they dropped the Adams family reference. Oh, were you expecting the Adams family? Let's see. So there's another fight at Lord Norinaga's uh, castle or whatever. Uh, Leonardo uh, has a sword fight with him. That's pretty cool. Uh, and then at the end of the fight, he clips his hair instead of you know taking him out because he's a turtle. He doesn't do that. What like do you- uh, Mr. Miyagi's uh, little nose honk in Karate Kid. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Yeah, so something pretty similar. It's kind of, you know, supposed to be funny. It was, it was fine. Um, and then, let me see, Walker falls off of a cliff. So, in, did he get shot by the cannon? Is that how he fell off? I forget. Walker? Mm-hmm. So, Walker was trying to climb down the building, but I believe the cannon hit the pole that he was climbing down, and he fell off. But when you see him falling, but when you see him falling, there's nothing under him. It's just water and a set of rocks. Yeah. So I don't know what he was climbing to. Yeah. So he fell down, kind of like how um, Shredder fell down in the first movie. So again, if you want to draw these these similarities, like he should have just been a descendant, <laughs> or not. The descendant of Shredders always fall down the same way. Yeah. Okay, and uh, let's talk about the end of the movie. Uh, Casey Jones, he has been showing these honor guards, you know, New York a little bit. They were at a bar. Um, Earlier on, he threw on uh, some hockey on TV. And so not only were they amazed about uh, the sport of hockey, they were, you know, Kenshin, uh, he he approached the TV kind of cautiously, and then he, like, he taps it with his fingers. I thought that was actually kind of funny. Like a cat. Yeah, um... But I don't know how they knew that time was almost up, 
you know, uh, it just, it was coincidence, happenstance, just whatever. The, um, he gets the honor guards to all come back to hold the scepter because now it's being activated. What happens? Well, I think one runs off. Oh, at the same time, okay, Michelangelo, let's talk about this real quick. Michelangelo and Raphael both wanted to stay back. Raphael liked how everything was just so serene and clean. There's no trash. They don't have to live under the sewers. And that's why he wants to stay back, right? Because they and don't Yoshi. have... Yeah, Yoshi wants him to stay too, but whatever. Um, but the reason he wants to stay is they don't have to hide in the shadows, right? They can be who they are and, and help the villagers live in the village, whatever. I, I, I get that. That's cool. Michelangelo wants to stay because of Mitsu. Um, he apparently loves her. You know, well, he used to love April, but, you know, Kenshin's her boyfriend. So this guy is like trying to be a homewrecker for this couple who she hasn't reciprocated any kind of like uh, affection whatsoever. Right, right. So he he just wants to stay, but she's the one who's like, but you promised, you know, you, you guys got to go back. Um, but so when they're all getting ready to go, um, I guess Raph was, you know, kind of came to his senses. But Michelangelo was the last one to um, to get there. I, I guess he didn't get there in time. But also, um, when they all go back, the one honor guard was there. Um, did it have to be the same guy he leaped into? I wonder. Couldn't it have been somebody else? You know what I'm at. You, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. But maybe Be-be- it's because the uh, same weight thing. Yeah. Okay. But... Oh yeah. Hey, hey. We, we didn't even talk about this. Michelangelo be- the, the, in the beginning. He was wearing mm-hmm. swimming shorts <laughs> because he boxers. boxers because he didn't want his guy to arrive naked. So when they switched spots, the guy was wearing the shorts. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. The other three guys were wearing like undergarments. Where did they get that? <laughs> Why is that there? They should have been nude. Maybe it's like the turtle's shells. Okay. Uh, so no, they're masks. Yeah, it just it just made no sense. Um, but was Michelangelo wearing those shorts again? The at the end, I don't remember. I don't remember either. Probably not. Yeah, but yeah. So the the guy, um, so Michelangelo didn't get back in time. In time, and so the the um, the guy who was supposed to go back, the one wearing the shorts, he still has the scepter. Sees all the turtles, gets scared, and he runs off. And as he tries to climb up the ladders to go outside of the sewer, we get the flash of light, and then down comes Michelangelo. So there's un- there's something else with the scepter. No one said the words. Yeah, maybe Michelangelo said it on the other end. What about the other turtles in April? Maybe it was the honor guards that activated or Kenshin. I'm pretty sure that would be important to show. Yeah. Well. It, this movie was a little over an hour and a half. Did you really want more? <laughs> uh, yeah, good point. Yeah. Okay. Well, did did you have any um, lines or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have any favorite quotes or anything. I I like some of the references, but I think they're all dumb. Do you want to give a rating now, or do you want to tell me what happened after the movie? I think I'll go with my rating. Yeah. I. I don't know. I guess I really didn't put any thoughts into this. But, okay, maybe Casey Jones and uh, what's-her-face, April O'Neil, they hook up, 
right? That's that's plausible because he's kind of he's back in part three, right? Um, that's that's something there has to happen, obviously. The turtles they continue living under the sewers, right? I mean, because that's what everybody wanted. Raph was the only one who wanted to be outside. Um, things just can't continue being good this way. Uh, there's no more Shredder, so obviously you gotta have uh, a different villain. Or so we think. Yeah, and and what sucks is I think a lot of this is tainted because we have seen TMNT. <laughs> so. <laughs> But yeah, I guess that's what happens after the movie. It, it, it really doesn't really give us anything else to kind of um, play on it. I mean, they just traveled in time. Um, I don't know. I mean, what, what do you do after you travel in time? That's kind of a big deal. Eat pizza. Yeah. Okay, so um, why don't you uh, give me your rating for this movie? It's out of one to five, right? Yeah. I'm going to have to say a one. I hated this movie. You hated it. I didn't like it whatsoever. That's you all I you wouldn't watch it again ever. I would not watch it again ever. Okay, that's a pretty pretty strong statement. Um, okay, well, this movie obviously I don't think I had anything good to say about it at all. Um, the the looks of Splinter and the turtles are really bad. Without Jim Henson, it it really shows. It it really hurts this movie. Um, time traveling was a really good concept. I mean, at this time, again, you had Quantum Leap. You had all three Back to the Future movies that had already been released. It was kind of a, you know, a cash cow. I don't know what that uh, expression is, but they were obviously trying to make money off of, you know, the other things that, that were going on. Maybe one of the Doctor Who series at the time was also really popular. I don't know if you know what series was going on at that time, 93. It was the 93 series. Oh, wait, no. It was the original series. The revived series didn't come out until 2005. So, do you even remember which Doctor that was? Probably towards the end. Like, uh, seven? Yeah. Correct I, I, me if I'm wrong. Well, um, I don't know. So, I mean, a lot of the things, they didn't do right. It It, it really made us ask more questions than it did... Uh, answer it i really going back um and re- watching this as a grown-up i i was just really like how did i not see this stuff as a kid i mean hey, hey look I, I was a big turtle fan you know I, again i was 10 years old didn't see you know, at that time this was my favorite ninja turtle movie because of the time traveling aspect you know most of the times you can throw time traveling into a movie and it will raise it just a little bit just for me um, but the whole mass, equal mass displacement thing made no sense at all. And I don't know how many times I said that it, in, in itself made no sense. Um, this is definitely going to get my lowest score. I just, I, I really haven't even thought about it. Um, I would not give it a one because, because I can watch this again. Um, why would I watch it again? I don't know. <laughs> um, you have a little brother that's two years old. I actually want to try to... I, I'm trying a thing here, um, trying to get him into the Ninja Turtles. When you were growing up, you were into dinosaurs. So I always tried to get you into Land Before Time, which I think it worked, right? It, it really did work. Yeah, so you were a pretty big Land, uh, Land Before Time um, uh, fan. Then I grew up. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you'd still be a fan to go back and watch some of those. I watched one. Didn't really care for it anymore. I really like one. One's my favorite. The other ones are fine. No, I mean, I watched one. 
Oh, like, just I, I watched one movie in general, and I, I didn't really care for it anymore. Uh, yeah, so I'll probably watch these again, uh, this one again. Um, but I'm not gonna sit down and be like, I want to watch Ninja Turtles three. I'm gonna put it on, you know, for Preston, your little brother. That's that's <laughs> probably the only times that I, I would watch it again. If it's on TV, I may change to it, but I'm not gonna sit there and watch and finish it. Uh, I'd prefer watching the fourth installment of this franchise rather than the third. I think if I had to go in order, I would go four, one... What? Hold on, you should save that for after TMNT. Okay. Okay, so this Ninja Turtles Part 3, I am going to give it... Okay, you, you keep flashing the two sign. I'm, I'm going to go with the number two. Because that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, again, the whole time-traveling thing, as bad as it is, I still think it's cool because it gives us a new adventure in a completely different setting. They're no longer in New York, which they, you know, um, Master Splinter wanted them to practice the art of ninjutsu and always be hidden from everybody, right? So so this was kind of nice and refreshing for them to be in ancient Japan and to be out in the open and as free as they were. Um, a lot of things really, really, really annoyed me. I mean, this should really be like a one and a half. One would, would just be the lowest rating I would ever give. Five would, you know, obviously be the highest, and I've already given, you know, a couple fives. Um, so I, I'm going to go with the one and a half. It really is that bad. I, uh, it's, it's, it's not one of my favorites at all. Actually, it's probably my least favorite, um, so that's a little spoiler for what's to come. Yeah, this this is I I think this is definitely the worst uh, Ninja Turtle live action movie. Um, you know that's including all five with you know plus the CGI movie we're about to review. So let's uh, let, let's go ahead and get into that one. And the second review is TMNT, the 2007 CGI action-adventure um, that's directed by Kevin Monroe. It features the voices of Chris Evans, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Mako, Kevin Smith, Patrick Stewart, Zhang Ziyi, and narrated by Lawrence Fishburne. The continued adventures of four adolescent mutated turtles gifted in the art of the ninja as they attempt to stop a mysterious evil that threatens the end of the world. Okay, uh, there's something I wanted you to read because this kind of sums up the beginning, the, uh, the exposition that we learned. 3,000 years ago, an Aztec warlord named Yaddle and his four generals discover a portal opening into a parallel universe, which is said to have great power. Yaddle comes immortal, becomes immortal from the power, but his four generals return to stone. The portal releases 13 immortal monsters that destroy his army as well as his enemies. Okay, um, so let's start off with, uh, you know, this is the first CGI uh, movie. Um, it doesn't directly say it, but just from what I've gathered, this is basically the fourth movie. Um, but So it's kind of a, a, a loose sequel, I guess you can say. But, but yeah, this is the first CGI version. What do you think of the, um, what are your thoughts of the look of the turtles? Well, it's a lot better than what we've had the last movie. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's hard to compare that because those it was live action. You know what I mean? Um, because those were of the times. You couldn't make them look like the way they do now in the 2014 movie. Well, then I prefer this CGI over the newer CGI. 
Oh, really? You you prefer the way they look here over the 2014 ones? Because the 2014 CGI, they look too realistic and too yuck. What, what do you mean realistic? Like, they have teeth. Okay. Turtles don't have teeth. Well, they don't have Even nostrils either, I don't think. <laughs> they really humanized the, the new look for sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't like the humanized look. They're okay. So, so basically, you like the, um, the look... Uh, of you know from the comic books from from, from yeah. the cartoons the simplicity yeah so you prefer their uh, not organic look but yeah just what what, what we're kind of used to right in, in the movie just it's a reimagining so they completely change the way they look there so uh, yeah I see what you mean and see we also got uh, Casey Jones and April they're also in this movie and they are dating. Um, that's kind of cool because I uh, predicted that in our mm, last review. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, we also got Splinter, and he's he's you know he's kind of up and walking around and stuff like that. So he's doing a lot more. So I, I am kind of glad they went this way with the CGI um, because they can do a lot more with this. Um, also, what I like about the CGI is that they try not to be like the cartoons where they were really silly and goofy. Um, so this was a little bit more toned down as if it was kind of like a real movie. It's kind of funny because this is actually even more uh, a realistic take on on what I wanted to see the turtles as. Because before, they just, you know, too much head nodding and uh, just way too animated physically is what I did not like about the live action movies. So this, you know, obviously you don't have, you know, the head popping and nodding and all that so i i like this a lot better um and you know the voices match up and things like that so you could do a lot more with cgi so this was you know the way they should have gone but i know back in 1990 it wouldn't have looked as good and probably would have just killed the series right there with the first installment uh, so kudos to um warner brothers who distributed it um, so let's talk about some of these voices. Lawrence Fishburne, he kind of narrates the movie. Um, cool. Uh, Patrick Stewart plays, who does he voice? Winters. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The, the new, would you call him a villain? Winters? A misunderstood no, would, yes. villain. A <laughs> uh, misunderstood protagonist. Antagonist. Um, so we got him. Uh, this is, uh, Mako's, uh, last performance, I think it is, before he passed. Um, Sarah Michelle Gellar, you know, uh, basically a teeny popper actress from the 90s. She voices April O'Neil. Uh, we got Captain America voicing, who's he voicing? Casey. Oh, Casey Jones. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, okay, and that, that's mainly it. Um, we get the uh, introduction of Karai in this movie into the, you know, the first of the movies anyway. She was introduced in the cartoons and she is Shredder's daughter. She's also in the 2014 movie. Yeah, she's also in the new movie. And I don't think that they kind of made that connection that, that she is Shredder's daughter in, the, in that movie. They did. Did they? They made that connection. Well, yeah. she always called him just Master Shredder. I don't, you know, she, I don't think she's ever really referred to him as father or anything. Um, but this one, they don't really either. But, but um, we do know that she is his daughter. Let's talk about the turtles and where they kind of are right now. Uh, Donatello is basically a um, tech support guy, right? He's on the phone. People are calling in with um, problems with their electronics. 
Michelangelo is uh, appearing at birthday parties as a Ninja Turtle with a really large <laughs> Ninja Turtle head. Without without a costume either. He just right. all he's wearing is a fake turtle helmet mask. Mask. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. That fits Michelangelo. Um, Raphael, they say that he sleeps all day, and they don't seem to know what he does at night. And he is uh, he is the night watcher. A uh, Batman, pretty much. Yeah, basically a, a yeah a, a vigilante. Uh, he he's out there trying to you know stop and prevent crimes. And Leonardo, he is out in Central America. Um, basically, Splinter sent him out there to um, to kind of hone his leadership and become, uh, I don't know, a greater ninja, so uh, that way he can lead. This part doesn't make sense because who? How is it? How does it build his leadership skills by putting him out to somewhere where he can't really talk to anyone? What doesn't make sense to me is why send um, Leonardo only. Yeah, I mean, I I get the whole um to have him become a better leader kind of thing, but that's not fair for the other three turtles that are behind who aren't getting uh, more fights and stuff like that under their belt. You know what I mean? Leo would come back as basically a better fighter and stuff too. Like uh, what what they're pretty much doing is well, what Splinter's doing is he's giving Leo some training, getting more fit. But he's leaving the turtles back home to just do their jobs, don't fight. So he's like saying, well, Leo, you can go work out, but you guys could stay here and get fat and do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, actually, because Leo and Raph are almost kind of doing the same thing, just uh, in, in different areas. Because Leo's, you know, he's helping out like villagers and, um, you know, they the villagers that he helps out, like in this scene, uh, I guess they kind of got... Um, pillaged is that the right word mm-hmm. by by some you know bad guys and then he helped them get, get their stuff back and then like the this kid kind of kind of calls him um the ghost of the jungle which goes nowhere i, I actually mm-hmm. thought that was really cool and then it, it just nothing just happened but april coincidentally happened to be on assignment in uh, central america and she started hearing these stories about the ghost in the jungle and it kind of made her think that Oh, it sounds turtle-esque. Maybe it's Leo. And so they find each other down there. and um, Turtle-esque? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, the, just what they were saying about this ghost of the jungle, I guess it just made her think that, okay, well, it, it's only, you know, it could only be Leo, right? Because who else could it be, I guess? It, it, it's just what I'm getting at. It's just like, um, you know, she, I forgot what she said to him when she does find him. And she was uh, basically alluding to that the stuff that she had heard, like she it, she knew it had to be him, mm-hmm. kind of thing. But like, did it really? I mean, in Central America, there couldn't be anybody else out there that that maybe wants to do good deeds. And, but hey, that's okay. Let's not pick it nitpick so far because it's it hasn't given us anything bad yet. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Raph asked the Night Watcher, "What do you think of his look?" Because he's wearing like this armor and he's got a mask. Awesome, but like, how does he come across that? How does he make that without anyone else knowing? Okay, I'm gonna cheat because I heard this somewhere else, and I think it's in uh, one of those. You you know how when movies release, they always have like prequel um, novelizations Mm -hmm. and comics and stuff. Apparently, Night Watcher was uh, a vigilante himself who met Raph or Raph (laughs) met him or something, and as he was passing, he kind of. Um, he lets Raph like kind of take over for him. 
Um, that kind of would have been a cool story. <laughs> um, so I know it only because of that. Um, I thought it was like Raphael runs into, into no. the Night Watcher, and then the Night Watcher sees he's a turtle, passes out. Yes, and then Raph steals his stuff. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, that's where he does get the uh, motorcycle and all that stuff. It, it is from this guy. But so, coincidentally, yeah. or uh, a turtle. Yeah. Um, I, not ironic. What's the word I'm looking for? Well, Raph happens, yeah, he happens to fit the Night Watcher's clothes. And like Casey, Must when he runs into the Night Watcher, guy. he says that it's Raph. And then Raph's like, well, how do you know it's me? Well, then Raph's like, how do you know it's me? And, you know, it's he says, Casey says, because you look like a turtle. Yeah, and, and it's funny because Leo didn't even get that before or um, yeah. later on when they fight. Yeah, uh, Leo and Raph get in a fight as Raph is the Night Watcher. I, I, uh-huh. thought, I thought Leo would know because he's fought alongside Raph for years, so he'd know how he would fight. Like a fighting style? Yeah. Yeah, or that or... Um, you know, his he he didn't get any wiser, I guess, in Central America if he didn't even uh, realize that was Raph. But one thing I wanted to point out is that the Night Watcher, his look looked like Halo. No. no, no, I think so. But you play Halo, so I do. Yeah, um, yeah. So the the lair, they're still in the sewers, and now, and this is pretty cool. We don't get to see this until uh, Michelangelo is coming back from one of his gigs, right? So he um, he's driving this vehicle that he uses for work and he pulls into the secret hideout uh where he um under the vehicle is a manhole um so he uses that and uh goes you know rides the skateboard and that's kind of a cool sequence where he's like um you know kind of you know riding up and down the walls you know like a real skateboarder and stuff like that and i guess they kind of kind of added high tech to the layers because now there are switches that are opening up entrances to their lair and stuff well, and you know it has been years that they've been living there yeah no it, it has it, it, it we don't know how much time has passed but if you take it at uh, you know face value of when these movies were released the um, part three came out in 93 and this is 07 so you're looking at what 14, 14 years. years yeah so um that's that's got to be rough for we don't even know do we know how long leo's been gone maybe a year i actually i I think it's i think it's a year yeah so i mean okay what i just said forget that because this is supposed to be kind of like an unofficial fourth movie so if you think about this is supposed to kind of take place right after right so let's just say it is like a year or two after the events of part three um but yeah there was just i mean it looks cool. I just didn't like how there is a, a secret entrance into their actual living quarters. Because, again, this is the sewers, right? It, mm-hmm. How do you, you – it's not like they built this lair. That space had to have existed, and then they would have to have um, closed off all those entrances, you know what I mean? Kind of block it off as if there was no entrance whatsoever and then build a secret passage in there. I was also wondering – so Michelangelo, he takes a really long route down to the sewers. You know, he's going downwards. How did, how did they get back up to the surface? I don't know. Maybe go up a manhole. <laughs> I mean, that that's going to kind of um, have him exit in a more concealed place, too. I have no idea. So, yeah, we, we, don't, we don't see that. Um, but, oh. yeah. It'd be, it'd be funny if uh, there's a... So you know how in the third movie... The last honor guard trying to climb up that ladder. Mm-hmm. Maybe he goes up there, and then he goes up to a door that leads to his band. 
Yeah. Instead yeah. of having to go down. Yeah, that could be. The, the, yeah, the, the, the van, I mean, the um, the exit will just lead them to the side of the door. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but April, she's she's changed a bit, right? So I, I don't know if she's still living in the same apartment, but she's li- uh, living with Casey. And she, I don't know if she's still a reporter, but she is a client, or no, Winters is a client of hers. No, I believe she's an assistant for Winters that goes and fetches his stuff. Because, you know, she gets the uh, things from, the statues from. Hmm. Let's see. Because I wrote that April has a client at Winter Corpse. Because she tells Casey that because that's when he followed her to work. Yeah, so we did look it up and Winters is a client of April's. Um, and then, let me see, Winters also hires Karai in the Foot Soldier? No, in the Foot, Foot Clan. Clan. Yeah. He hires them to search the city for the 13 beasts before the uh, portal opens again. I kind of like the story. It's definitely uh, a lot more different. Um, a lot more, mm, not supernatural, uh, but I guess more fantasy-like. This is kind of cool. Like, if they were going to travel in time in the third one, I wish that they had kind of really... Um, it, was, it wasn't It was even like a device in the movie. It's just... It was just... I don't know. I, I can't think of the right terms and words, but in the third one, the time travel is just what happened. But... but yeah, I'm not even going to get into part three again. But this one, I, I just like the the backstory that they created... And all these things that is going on at the same time, um, it just makes the movie feel a little bit more grand. I don't know how, how to explain it, but uh, what do you what do you think about the the overall story? I think the story is a lot more interesting than uh, the second or third movie. Okay, yeah, the second one's just a continuation um, of the first, really. Uh, I think it was. Uh, I think they made the second one just to have Vanilla Ice performing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh, oh for Kino they 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 wanted to have uh, Kino in there just like asked Vanilla Ice or Vanilla Ice asked if he could be in a movie so yeah. he had to create a whole new story plot what do you think of the Foot Clan I, I think this is the best looking Foot Clan mm-hmm. the other Foot Clans look too footy ugly I, I don't like their costumes oh the yeah. the black with the, the red bandana yeah it was mm-hmm. too boring have you seen the the 80s cartoon version of the Foot Clan where they're robots? They're robots? Yeah, they're robots. No, I haven't seen it. Well, why don't you Google that real quick? Yeah, those, those look like chili peppers. Wait, those their are, feet? Yeah, their feet. The, the Foot Clan. Oh my gosh. So that's that's what look, they look like. Okay. Um. Oh. So... Let's let's uh so we agree that the TMNT foot soldiers look the best. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, very interesting. So yeah, the the cartoon they were robots. So I do like the look of the uh, the Foot Clan in this movie. They're definitely more you know, ninja, not assassins, but ninja warriors. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Leo returns from Central America. And Splinter says he doesn't even need an apology. Says that he needs to go apologize to Raph. And uh, the welcome wasn't so warm. You know, Raph was just kind of like, oh, hey, you know, you're back kind of thing. Uh, doesn't even give him a hug, but the other two seemed pretty happy that he came back. 
I don't know what else can you say about this movie. They, there is a lot of fight fighting in here too, because this movie is actually pretty short. It's it's under an hour and a half, because uh, you, you get the exposition of the story, and then you we spend some time to f- figure out what has happened with the turtles, and then we have about like four different fights in the movie. Like what else is there? That All happens? this movie really is is about the brothers coming back together as one, right? With the little villain story in the background Mm -hmm. but all in all it's a pretty interesting story that they've given us definitely better than the third movie um well okay let's talk about this one fight scene where casey and raf are fighting the foot and some of the stone warriors uh raf gets knocked out as he does and um syringe darts were being shot at them that's how he gets knocked out yeah um, but April gives this backstory. She knew the exact story too. Okay, yeah. There, there's a line that um, I think it was Donatello that says that uh, I thought it was pretty funny, and because he was looking at the syringe, and then um, he was like, "Hey, this, this has Winter's name written all over it." And they're like, "How do you know?" He goes, "Because it has Winter's name written all over it." So, see, jokes like that 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 kind of worked. It wasn't over the top. Um, it, it just it, it played well. I I really like this tone a lot better because they, you know, it being CGI, they totally could have made it goofy, you know, and and, and it probably just would have been another failed movie. But a lot of people, I think, uh, after the third one, when this came out, nobody was really excited to go watch the Turtles again. The only thing that kind of stayed was maybe the toys, you know, which is uh, um, there's been another recent surge, you know, like people are out buying Turtle toys again. But when this came out seven years ago, I wasn't even interested in watching it. You know, th- this was the first time I've ever seen it. I've only seen it just this one time for the review. Um, so I think a lot of people, you know, weren't really interested in seeing it. And then when they did, everyone seemed to be pretty surprised that this movie was actually good. So I, I'm a little, you know, uh, I just wish that it had better, you know, promotion and marketing, you know, to get this movie really out there. And I don't know if naming it TMNT kind of hurt it. Uh, do you think that maybe if they went with a, another title, it could have helped, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and then colon, you know, something else? Brothers no, Unite. I don't know. I just... think this did justice for the movie TMNT, you know. Okay, what I do like about them, you know, just um, abbreviating it like that is that it does kind of separate them from the three movies. And you can totally tell them, right? The tone's different. It is also the first CGI. Um, but I, I just wish maybe they had kept the, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but then gave it a subtitle too. You know, not even like part four, nothing like that. But just gave it a, uh, like, a, like a subtitle. And then, you know, maybe that could have helped a little bit saying that, hey, you know, this is um, in the same universe kind of thing. Um but I don't know. I mean, because there were, what, the 2003 cartoons? And I just... Um, this movie was a lot better than I had expected. Seeing this movie, I didn't really remember any of the other three movies. But I just knew it was uh, part of the Turtle series. Well, I didn't know it was part of the actual series, but I knew it had to do with those three movies. But... um I didn't expect it to be bad nor good. I just expected to see a movie. Yeah, and and again, this is this is a what eighty seven minutes. So again, just right under an hour and a half. Um, a lot of things happen, and they don't 
the writing is not lazy. And then, okay, so what was the thing that we learned earlier? That、uh, Winters,、um, I forget what happens, but he is trying to、um, try to collect all his his、uh, generals again, right? Four generals,、mm-hmm. and、uh, who were turned into stone. But then they wrote in this subplot about the、um, generals kind of turning on him, right? They they betray him. So just these little added subplots, I think, helped the the movie be that much stronger. And it just shows that、um, the writing was not lazy. I mean, even in the production of the movie, they got all these you know bigger names to to be voices in here too. So、I、this think, is before Chris Evans was really, really famous too. Yeah, I mean, he was coming out with a few. I mean, this is two thousand seven. He's already came. I think he's already done、um, uh, Fantastic Four at this point. Yeah, he he did that, and then he did not another teen movie, which is a parody on teen movies. Yeah, I'm just looking at my notes, and like most of these, we're just talking about some of the scenes. But uh, uh, one of the things that kind of made me again raise an eyebrow. Was after the really big fight at the end, and they win.、Um, Karai talks to all of them, and they said that they'll work together against an, an enemy from the past. But you know, she doesn't say who. Which they,、um, the turtles, they kind of assume Shredder, right?、Mm-hmm. And then she disappears, and then Winter is saved, and he disappears too.、Um, so him... well, Winter doesn't disappear; they see him dissipate. Yeah, that's. Definitely a, a more precise、uh, term, but yeah, he's freed from being immortal, and he had been for three thousand years.、Um, so, not had been、um, uh, freed from immortalism, mind you, but、uh, he's been imprisoned in his immortality. Yeah, yeah, well said.、Um, and and then the it kind of ended with、uh, this scene that I really liked is they have like a. Like a cupboard or a shelf a or something,、room. yeah. Like a is it a trophy room? It's a trophy room. Okay, so but this specific shelf,、um, they have like items from the all last three movies, right? So from part one, they had Shredder's mask.、Mm-hmm. Uh, part two, they had the、uh, broken ooze canister.、Mm-hmm. Three, they had the deceptor, and I'm sure they had a lot of other things from the TV sh- or yeah TV shows. Sure, and these are the three that stick out、mm-hmm. and and that tell you that it is in the same universe as the other movies.、Um, but the so the fourth item that they're p- putting in there is the Night Watcher's helmet, which I. Th- well, what happens is、uh, Splinter's putting up the helmet of Winters. And then Raph asks、oh. if he can put his helmet up too. Okay. And then Mikey comes along and asks <laughs> if he can put his turtle party hat up there too. Yeah. Well, he, I don't think he asks. I think he just adds it. No, he asks. Oh, does he? He said, "Can I put mine up too?" Okay. Yeah, that's.、Uh, so I don't. I don't know what that means. Is is Michelangelo giving up his、uh, gig as the、uh, birthday guy there?、Uh, so that's that's kind of cool. They they don't really、um, end the movie as to you know tell us that that's the conclusion of. This adventure, but、uh, it basically was. I mean, there there, there were other things after it that、um, that really flopped, like the next mutation、um, TV series, which they had a movie planned that they were gonna make、um, 
as the fourth official movie kind of thing. And there's another thing that uh, came out too that I think was made for TV uh, called uh, the Turtles Forever, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Forever. This is where the different versions of the cartoon versions of themselves actually are in one movie. And what's cool is they actually uh, retain their characteristics and traits from that era. Right, so you got the the new Millennium Turtles, um, you know, with the 80s and 90s Turtles, and you know, there you, you can see the contrast in personalities and and uh, times. Uh, the writing is obviously uh, of its time, so that's definitely uh, worth a watch um, if anyone uh, has heard of it or whatever. Um, I wish that became like a feature length movie that you know, but. I I don't ever see it on TV or anything, so that's kind of a kind of a lost gem, really. Um, but the ratings on online is actually pretty good too. So I wish that kind of became like a like a movie that was part of you know the franchise, you know, rather than just like a release on TV and you know didn't become really big or anything like that. But yeah, overall thoughts of the movie and rating. I really like this movie a lot. I liked uh, this was my favorite movie of the whole franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of five, I'll give this rating out of this movie a three seventy-five. Okay, that's pretty good. And uh, what do you think I'm going to give it? A four. A four. <laughs> yeah, that's that. You're you're right on the nose there. Um, I'm going to give it a four. That I think is the same rating I gave the first one. Does that sound right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think this is the same rating as the first one. Okay, here's the thing. I like this one a lot better, but I think the first movie did a lot of um, a lot of things right and well as well. That's why I gave that a four. Um, watchability, I can watch the both of these, uh, both of those, the first movie and TMNT. Um, I like the look of the turtles. I like the tone. I love how they are nothing like their movie counterparts. Uh, again, the whole head bopping and nodding. And I think because they were animatronic heads and things like that, um, the physicality of it, they really emphasized a lot of the movements and it just bugged the hell out of me. Um, so I like these a lot better because, you know, the CGI stuff, it, it's obviously. Um, the director's uh, you know direction on how these turtles move and stuff like that so i think they were done very well in this movie so uh, i'm going to give this movie a solid four um i would definitely watch this over three uh two is the most fun but i think i gave that maybe three and a quarter or um, Something like that, maybe three five. Yeah, maybe three five. I was probably generous with with, but um, but again, two is so fun. I can watch it over and over. Three it has become my least favorite, uh, which um, you know when I was younger is one of my favorites because of the time travel aspect. But yeah, so I in order, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the first one and TMNT a tie um, for first. Uh, again, they both do different things very well. Uh, if I did have to choose, if you put a gun to my head and have me choose one, I'm going to choose the first movie. Um, but I like um, TM- TMNT story the best, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I, I just, because here's one thing that TMNT doesn't quite do. They introduce Winters, a.k.a. Yaddle, right? I would have wished um, that the foot be more involved yeah, in the story. Right. That would make it more turtle for me. 
um, because uh, you know this is you know a, a new a new person there. They did it well, uh, you know, creating this new guy, but he kind of you know ended up not being the villain. It was his generals that betrayed him that became the villains. Karai is supposed to kind of be a villain, but they kind of work together in this movie. And then the Foot Clan, uh, I just would have wished that they were um, uh, a bigger deal. Maybe maybe it wasn't. Karai, or maybe make make Karai bad, you know, because Winters does hire, well, and <laughs> Winters wasn't even that bad. I, I just, um, I felt it was lacking a really bad villain. Um, I do know, because you had the 13 monsters that were out, um, you know, causing all this mischief. Yeah, out in town and stuff like that. I get all that, but I just would have preferred a little bit more, um, I don't. I don't know. Well, remember the Foot Clan wasn't even mentioned or anything in the third movie. They weren't right. even shown because they were in back in time, mm-hmm. though. That's true, but because... they still spent some time in the present. Casey Jones. They 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 did, but but all their bad guys was back in sixteen oh three. In part two, they never say that the Foot disbanded or anything like that. They kind of relocated, and I'm sure they're they're you know kind of growing their numbers so the last time we saw the foot they were bad so this one not so much although there are fights and stuff like that i would have wanted to see them being a more bad presence so so i i think that's the only and and i'm not calling that like a mistake or a misstep or anything like that i just i would have wished that the foot was a kind of a bigger issue because in in the new movie the 2014 movie they were you know they were kind of like uh you know mercenaries they they were you know these domestic terrorists i think is what i called them yeah they weren't even wearing a a uh, an original costume they were more like uh they they wore masks you know that, that kind of identified them as uh, the foot clan but their uniforms didn't even look foot clan esque right yeah i mean that that was completely just reimagined is what that was but i i just if you're going to involve the foot, you should involve the foot. You know, which 2014 they didn't do. One and two, they both did. You know, the Foot Clan was was a thing, and they were around. Um, so this one, they were just more behind Karai most of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and and then you know some of those fight scenes. But I would have wanted them to be kind of a, more of a factor. You know. Uh, but what what do you think happens after this movie? Let's see. What was the ending like? Um, um, Karai, they they kind of form a bit of an alliance and says uh, kind of alludes to that um, or implies that the Shredder may return in some way, correct. shape, or form. Um, what I think will happen after this movie is uh, Casey Jones and April get married. He's kind of a bum, right? He doesn't even work. That's actually true. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know what would happen. Maybe. The turtles meet Shredder, and he's all—he turns good, but that's not what the—it's not what it seems, and he's actually bad. And I don't know. I don't, I don't know. That's yeah. a hard one. I yeah. have to really think about that. Yeah, for for those that don't know, this is a segment that we we've tried to um, create, and I don't know. Maybe we need to sit down and, and think about it more before, and not just do it on the spot. But I mean, I don't know. It, it still could kind of be fun being put on the spot, right? Um, but I don't know if anyone's got suggestions of what, what they, uh, what kind of thoughts they want to hear, you know, from us or whatever. Uh, please, you know, 
um, email in and let us know. But yeah, this is just something we're trying to incorporate in the last few movies. Was uh, yeah, what happens after the movie kind of thing. Uh, so far, I, I liked what we said about one and two. Yeah, I don't know what we said about two, but I liked what we said about one. Uh, Casey going to jail. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that that that, that was fun. Um, but uh, let's actually, why don't you remake part three? What would you have um, done to make it better? Everything. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> I'm already gonna watch that movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the whole um, time travel thing. Uh, I I just wish the the writing was a lot better. The rules. Uh, I like a time travel movie with rules and. They didn't go by any of that, and the things that were put out were just really dumb. But, yeah, I guess this uh, concludes our Ninja Turtles review. Um, you know, in the, again, we haven't released an episode in, gosh, nearly three weeks, or the one you know, one that you and I have done. But since then, we have lost uh, Robin Williams, uh, one of my favorite actors for sure. Um, what are uh, some movies that you grew up watching? Jumanji was definitely one. I remember watching that a few times uh, a week, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, whenever I would get bored, I'd probably put that on. I don't know if it would really count, but I watched Aladdin a lot. Yeah, no, that absolutely counts because he really embodies the genie. I mean, that's one of my favorite Robin Williams movies. Um, actually, even uh, the sequels, just because he was in it. Um, but some of my favorites... I mean, I like a lot of his movies, but... Um, you and I, we've discussed that we wanted to kind of maybe uh, review some Robin Williams uh, movie coming up. So we're not going to say that this is a um, uh, like a series thing that we're going to kind of do. But we definitely want to uh, review some Robin Williams movies just to show, uh, you know, how much he meant to us. And, and, um, and we're going to try to do a couple different types of movies. I'm going to obviously kind of stick to what we've kind of been doing obviously the, the um there's movies that i love that i would not let you watch at this point because he has such a range you know from comedic to like really dark uh, dark comedies or just movies that are dark in general um but the four movies that we threw out and do you think we'll probably stick to these movies probably yeah. okay so uh why don't you give your two and i'll give my two Mrs. Doubtfire mm -hmm. and Jumanji. And I also said Hook and Goodwill Hunting. So Goodwill Hunting is rated R and that has a lot of bad language. Um, I was very on the border of whether or not to let you watch this movie, but I think it's, it is well written. It's um, probably... Um, I'm trying to think. I think it was the first time that I'd seen him do a serious role like that. Uh, I did see Dead Poet Society when I was a lot younger, but it wasn't a movie I appreciated when I was younger too. Um, but this was the first. Uh, Goodwill Hunting was the first time that I did appreciate his more serious role, um, which you know led me into watching other things. What Dreams May Come, you know, Bicentennial Man, uh, One Hour Photo. So he's got so many movies, but I think um, Goodwill Hunting would be a, a great start in. Um, for you to kind of see that side of him, because I don't think you've seen any of his serious movies, right? Uh, nope. Yeah, I don't think so. So I think those those are uh, four pretty solid movies. Um, but we, I don't think we have any particular order. But you know, we'll definitely announce uh, the movie on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. You know, so hopefully you guys are following us on there um, to to find out, so that way you guys can email in. 
um, and we may not do all those four movies back to back to back, you know, because um, Phoenix is starting high school soon. You know, he also has parkour. He just uh, also um, joined this new uh, youth group, right, for, for our church. So you're going to be super busy, and um, I, I still haven't done it yet, but I have, you know, uh, entertained the thought of doing some solo episodes, or maybe I'll have, uh, you know, other guests and things like that um, to, to try to fill in between so that way, you know, we don't go like weeks without an episode. Um, so those are the four movies to look forward to in the, you know, in the next coming couple months or something. But uh, yeah, please follow us on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, you can find us at uh, HLF podcast for those. Follow us on Facebook. Give us a like. Uh, you just search Hydrate Level 4. Also on iTunes, Stitcher. If you want to email in, we um, please you know let, let us know what you think of the show. Uh, you can do so at hlfpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we do have a new review. Uh, really? Yeah. I, I have it up, but I also made a new clip, so let's... Uh, get into some listener feedback. I've got something for you. A letter. A letter for me? Okay, so we didn't have any emails, but that is the clip that I'm going to play anytime we have a review or an email. So um, go ahead and read our new review. By T-Bone, 808, I appreciate hearing podcasts with really good sound quality. Good selection of movies. Keep up the great work. So this person gave us five stars, so thank you for that. I would like for everybody to um, pull us up on iTunes and give us uh, a rating or review. We would like, uh, we would love to hear, uh, you know, your thoughts on the show, your thoughts of us. If Phoenix should get a new um, host for the show, Uh, what? Huh? What? If if you should get a new host for the show, uh-huh. you know, like if they don't like me, uh-huh. you know, if they just want to hear you and someone else or if, if they want to hear you by yourself on an episode, you know, yeah, throw out suggestions, throw out thoughts. We want to hear feedback from people. We haven't had uh, any emails in a really long time, but we are very, very appreciative of the, uh, the of the people that have left us uh, reviews on iTunes. Um, so we uh, are are. You know, numbers are starting to grow, and uh, you want to know what's our most popular episode right now? Godzilla? No. Actually, that is second. Oh, what's what's our first? The uh, 2014 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and I I think it's also because it was a short, instant take, um, and I don't know, it's, it's, it's a lot shorter than our regular episodes, obviously, so, you know, we were kind of straight to the point, gave our rating early on, and just gave, you know, um... Uh, instant thoughts uh, right after the movie so yeah go back and listen to some of our older stuff Uh, uh, we'd love to hear the feedback and we thank everybody that has been so supportive thus far Uh, even new listeners you know share the page uh, like us follow us subscribe all those things um, we, we definitely, uh, would interact if we got interaction with people. So, you know, Twitter, Facebook, what have you. Um, but yeah, until the next episode, I'm Peter. I'm Phoenix. And we're High Street Level 4.
Yeah. 